It says we're live, but it, it's got a funny way of showing itself sometimes. Um, it doesn't always go live exactly when it says it goes live. So I tend to kill a tiny bit of time until now when we're live. <laughs> <laughs> so hello, 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 hello. And welcome, welcome, welcome to VUX World. VUX World Live, coming at you live from what was the isolation, inspiration, <laughs> ideation, innovation, contemplation station. But uh, lockdown is kind of slightly being relaxed over here now. I think we're kind of getting out the other end of it. And Dustin, Paris seems as though things are going fairly smoothly over there. Yeah, I think so. Things are coming back. We had our largest caseload, I think, this week since the lockdown was opened. But things are getting back to normal. Right, but Ron, things seem to be going the opposite way over there. Yes, here in Tel Aviv, we're actually going back to quarantine. Probably will be, I don't know, mid-September. This is just the news for now, uh, but the situation is not is not getting better. Wow, and lockdown can drive you a little bit stir crazy, can't it? I know that I was uh, I was go I was dressing up in fancy dress and all kinds of stuff when uh, <laughs> when I was in lockdown. I was I didn't know what I was putting on, didn't know what I was wearing. Any of that kind of rubbed off on you? Uh, look, I think I think I uh, remet my robe. I finally <laughs> wore my robe for the first time in, in many times, but then it left like for for a full months staying in robe. So I, I um, he's still waiting for me in my in my cupboard, and uh, we'll, we'll probably meet again. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we don't get that kind of situation over here. But we, who knows? Who knows? It seems to be heading that way. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. We're on Thursday today. Usually we've been doing Fridays. We're mixing it up a little bit. We were doing the rundown on Thursdays. We're now doing the, the podcast on Thursdays. And uh, we'll see how things go. So if you first, if you're tuning in for the first time ever in life, then where have you been for the last two and a half years? <laughs> <laughs> but welcome, nevertheless. Um, quick shout out to Bradley Metrock uh, from This Week in Voice and the Voice First FM podcast network. If you are not subscribed to the This Week in Voice VIP newsletter, I recommend you do so. And I'll put the link if you are on LinkedIn. I'll stick it in the comments. If you're listening on the podcast, it'll be in the show notes, etc. Every day is keep it up. He's kept it up so far, Dustin, hasn't he? Mm. Every day, new, new newsletter. Yeah, it's coming through. It's a, it's a valuable, fun read. Fun read. I think we get it in Europe around what mid-afternoon. It's mm. a good, uh, good mid-afternoon break, or maybe you take it with your tea cane. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon tea, couple of biscuits, cup <laughs> of tea, read through the news. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, we got a good. We, got, we had a good piece in there ourselves, so we, we give us a shout out the other week, which is cool. So uh, yeah, do check it out if you are interested in keeping up to date on all things voice related. And uh, speaking of all things voice related, we do have a little something for you if you are uh, you know interested in conversational AI, interested in uh, you know learning more about it and how it can help your company, and if you are interested in having a free voice strategy assessment then all you need to do is go to our website vux.world and you'll see the big button in the top right hand corner click on that do the assessment and it'll come straight through to me and dustin who will assess you assess your organization your team your capabilities your aims aspirations previous uh you know happenings and, and ventures into this space and we'll give you a whole load of personalized recommendations on what you should do to improve it if you've already started or to get started if you haven't already so i would recommend that dustin i'm assuming you'd recommend yeah. that as well yeah and you're not lying it does come straight to us it, we um we have not had some sort of automated uh, robot created 
created assessment. It is us going through those answers one by one and creating that assessment. It's a lot of fun. It, it's it's interesting to see where people are starting out, where people are going a little deeper, and it's fun to then have that follow up with people and send that over and and see if we can be of any help. Indeed, and. Part of people's conversational AI strategy, a part that I think is actually overlooked quite often, is, you know, not conversational AI in general, but certainly when you talk about voice technology, essentially it's an audio first medium. That's the whole kind of thing is is that if you're using a smart speaker that doesn't have a screen, it's just an audio device. It's an interactive audio device. And so what's happened is, and, and I don't know whether people actually realize this or not, but we've been banging the drum for quite a while about the about this fact and about the importance of audio. Uh, and our guest today knows that inside out is Ron Jaworski from Trinity Audio. And Ron, welcome, first of all. Welcome to the podcast. I know we've been lining this up for a long time, so I'm glad to finally have you here. And, and welcome, welcome. Pleasure being here. And and so, yeah, so, you know, th- there's been a whole kind of audio revolution happening over the last, uh, over the last, Taras has just commented, by the way, you should think about automating the report. Taras, the value is in the personalization. It's in <laughs> our personal review and our input into your organization. Uh, it's, but uh, we're, we're a bespoke uh, Michelin style assessment. We're not a McDonald's assessment. Exactly, exactly. It is personalized, every single one. Um, but enough about us. Ron, tell <laughs> us about you. So tell us about Trinity Audio and, and how Trinity Audio is capitalizing on this kind of, re- I don't know if it's renewed, but it certainly feels as though there's a bit of an audio revolution going on at the moment. So I, I, I couldn't agree more with, with uh, the phrase audio revolution. This is, I think, one of the exciting times. Uh, it's uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about it with the, with my team and on podcasts and on blog posts and whatnot. This is a big revolution, as, li- as le- at least as big as mobile revolution that started 10 years ago, a little bit over 10 years ago. And prior to that was the internet revolution. And now it's the voice and the audio revolution, no doubt about it. And I think that, you know, when, when we look back, when smartphone came to the table and, and we looked five years after smartphone came and we look back and said, <gasps> what just happened, uh, it's going to be the same for voice and audio. And um, um, our our story in the, uh, in the, in the audio revolution basically come, come from a need. You know, I was, I was reading an article in my, in in the lift, got into my car and thought to myself, why I can listen to an article I just started reading. It was 2017 and started to look for, for solution. Now, uh, text-to-speech solutions, are, you know, I guess around the beginning of the internet, there were text-to-speech solutions, uh, but they weren't any good. And I understand because I come from publishings and website and advertising, all this landscape, I understand that we need, I, I need to find a, a scalable solution. And narrators, uh, the quality is definitely the best, but it's not scalable. So I'm, I'm trying to find, I, I try to find a solution that will be scalable. Uh, and and then, then we started basically working on Trinity Audio, where um, the reason that we call it Trinity, beside the fact that it's fun to talk about the Holy Trinity when you are a couple of Jewish guys from Israel, <laughs> is, is that you know we, we believe that you need to bring a value to the three pillars of the internet, uh, the user, the publisher, and the advertiser. One, uh, hence Holy Trinity, uh, and, and, you know, once, once you got all this checkbox checked, 
uh, you have a real value to the system. And what we bring to the table is, is a simple JavaScript that any content creator, any website, any, any brand can embed on their web page. And then with the click of a button, and the client customer user can listen instead of reading. This is as simple as that. Now, of course, it's a much, much more robust solution, but the basic building block is this. Listen when you want to listen. And, and this is what we offer. And going back to the holy triangle, so the user has content on the go that he can consume anytime he wants. The publisher has a new way to engage uh, with his uh, users or client or customer, and in many cases also a new revenue stream. If you want to monetize the content, we also enable that. And this is actually one of those rare cases where user experience and revenue comes together, usually the other way around. And the last thing is the advertiser, which always looking to find more way uh, to get your message through uh, audio streaming, especially now digital audio. We are seeing all the, uh, the reports about the, the revenue in advertising booming in podcasting and booming in general. Uh, our solution, because we come from, I don't know, eight years of doing video uh, advertising, so we understand the advertiser is, needs a lot of data, so our solution also enables the data part uh, for the advertiser. So checkbox, mm. all the free boxes, and, and we are happy, and uh, we get great results. The, yesterday, actually, a big uh, a Dallas uh, Morning News, which is a big publication, came live, and, and more and more are coming, and we're excited about it. Nice. And so, Ron, can you walk us through a little bit more what the value of Trinity is? Now, obviously, we've had these accessibility tools for a while that will read what's on the page. Uh, Microsoft Edge, I don't know if anyone out there is using it, but I've started using it. It's, it's actually not a bad browser. And they've, uh, as I'm sure you know, Ron, they have the reader mode now, which will actually read out loud to you. So where's Trinity coming in? What's the value that you're providing above what is going to be there natively? So I think um, there, there are several uh, additional values. First of all, in, in many cases, uh, what we are seeing is, is that those uh, uh, automated browser tools, in many cases, can't identify exactly the text. And then in many cases, the simple example is that they will read the text, and then prior to a display, there is the small advertisement board, and then they'll read advertisement when mm. in, in the so, so first of all, we analyze the text, we understand what is the textual part and what is, is irrelevant, and then we create the audio file. This is one thing. Uh, beside of that, our solution in general is, you know, for the publisher, uh, in, in the case that you you mentioned, the publisher is not a side. Uh, the content creator is not a side of, of, of the solution. There is a, the user and the browser and consume the content. This is it. Uh, uh, we basically bring the publisher value by offering them the option to give them, give the user the option to listen to it, recommendation of content, we understand what the user is listening and we recommend additional content. So you won't listen to one article, you listen to a few, the monetization part, of course, we give all the content creators CMS where they can manage their content, all the content that they, we create for them or all the content they, they created and want to upload to our CMS. And within our CMS, they can basically, uh, with simple solution, distribute the content, which is super important. If, if they want, they can pull an RSS feed from our CMS and push it to Spotify or to Google Podcasts or create their Alexa skill and, and, and push the feed over there. Uh, so this, is this I would say, is 
the advantages that we are offering the uh, content creator publishers right now. We're actually working on the voice layer, so you will have also a voice communication uh, with uh, with the player. And then, then again, this is also always in mind the Trinity: the what the user get from it, what the publisher, what the advertiser. So for the user, conversation, you know, speed up, slow down, pause, next, or whatnot. And of course, discovery mode, give me the latest news on within a specific publications. Uh, this is one thing. Um, for, for the publisher, it's a better way to communicate with, uh, with uh, uh, the user, whether they want to uh, insert a message within the article or have some sort of a voice uh, interaction with the user. And of course, for advertisers, and this is, this is still a niche, but it will definitely be the, the next level of advertising within the, uh, within the internet is voice activated ads, uh, you know, where you can have mm. a discussion with the, I don't know, uh, you have a Starbucks, Advertisement telling you to get a coupon and uh, your frappuccino latte will wait for you at the counter because you dis you discussed it prior with our player or with this one option or another thing just saying skip for an ad which is sound like dream come true when uh, <laughs> you know, when you listen to Dave for radio uh, so so I think this is this is the next stage so so definitely we are a we are a B two B two C solution we are not a B two C solution mm -hmm. so that's interesting so. So, your where where would a user interact with this then? So it would be in the browser still, in the where the widget is. A user would be able to interact with it within that kind of widget on the website. Is that right? Yes, it's a widget on the website. We're actually now releasing our SDK, so mobile app will also be uh, available. And if we are talking about the voice layering thing again, enablement of the microphone on your device, and then you can communicate with our player. But basically. Usu the usual integration is, uh, you know, you have the headline of, of a specific article, then an image, and then our player, and then the article itself. Mm -hmm. You should talk with Instreamatic if you haven't already. I'm assuming that might be on your radar already. Uh, we actually, we are, yeah, we are close to talk with, with Andrew and Stas. They're great guys. We uh, until I will, will release my, I still want to release my SDK. Uh, I uh, I have a bit problem working with them, but then. Once yeah. the SDK will be live, then definitely. Andy is my first call. Yeah, definitely, because that's uh, they've had some pretty interesting results um, of late. I don't know if you've seen the, <clears throat> excuse me, the one they did with um, Cherry Labs re relatively recently. Did you see that, Dustin? No, I don't see this. So in streamatic, it sounds. It sounds. This is why it's like it would be a harmony with yourself. Is is that that's essentially all they do is interactive ads, <clears throat> and they ran one with Cherry Labs. And out of all of the people that listened to it, and they didn't give any numbers, I don't think, but 21% of people actually engaged with it. So, you know, engaged as in, oh, yeah, go on, tell me, tell me a bit more about that, rather than skipping. And so if you think about, you know, I don't know how many people skip the adverts in podcasts, but it's quite easy to just see you know, fast forward 30 seconds, you know, 15 seconds or whatever, um, when, it's, when it's kind of linear. Um, but yeah, 20% of people engaging with an ad. I mean, presumably, Ron, from your side, you're kind of selling to advertisers at the same time as publishers. So to have those kind of potential numbers to dangle in front of people is quite compelling, isn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. Look, what, what they are doing in, in the advertising landscape, it's just, it's not <clears throat> not less than, than, you know, incredible. And uh, you don't see any kind of engagement like that uh, in any other uh, type 
of of advertisement in in, in our landscape, at, at least from my knowledge, and then and then ten years in the industry. Mm. We've got uh, we've got a few people commenting. Terry Fisher, Doctor Terry Fisher says uh, hello, gentlemen. Great to see you run on here. Shout out to Terry, Doctor T. Uh, Gopi has said, what about ACD? And I asked what, what uh, ACD is. It's automatic call distribution. So Gopi, I think that, um, I know we've been doing a lot of, of episodes lately on IVR design and conversational AI within IVRs. So I don't know whether that might be related to that, but this one is more more predominantly focused on, uh, when what Ron's doing is more predominantly focused on essentially audiofying the web, to use your uh, your language, Ron. Um, Taras is and asked what data do you collect so I know there's no voice component in there currently do you collect any user data or anything like that or is it purely um, you know the widget kind of takes the text on the website like, is, there any, is there any data that you collect at all no so basically all the data you know especially nowadays when soon any kind of user data would be obsolete in the coming month with the, uh, the direction Google and Apple is taking uh, so it's not relevant I think but on the other hand it's definitely actually help us uh, since we we control the content, we, we stream the content, so we understand the contextual uh, relevancy of a specific advertisement to that. So that definitely helps. And uh, you know, the section of, of a specific article that is being consumed by the, the user. And uh, by the way, if, if, if Terry is still here, so, so that's uh, definitely a great, a great friend. And uh, I quote him a lot, by the way. I think he says one of the, and I, I will quote him, quote him again, even <laughs> right now. He said something that is amazing. And every time that I say it, especially for investors, they, they, they nod their head, their head and say yes. Like they, he said that like for the first time in 70 years, uh, uh, computers uh, uh, interface is, is, not, is not a keyboard, not a mouse, not a joystick, which is something that is co- comfortable for the computer. We are moving to voice, which is something that is comfortable to us. As human being, and this is, I think, the major part within the audio and voice revolution. This is we are moving f- from using accessories to uh, communicate with computers to using our basic way of communication, which is the vocal communication, to computers. And I think this is why it's such a major revolution. And Terry uh, is a great guy, and it's an eye opener. And- mm. We've got a we've got a standard slide that we use, which is that for the first time ever, computers can actually speak our language rather than us trying to speak their language. There was a clap just then while you were talking, so I'm assuming Terry Fish is still around because uh, I'm assuming it might have been him that was clapping just there. Um, but yeah, another question from Michael Nelson. Shout out to Michael has asked. When you're working with companies and you're audiofying their content, are you noticing or are you kind of getting involved with any of the content production? And have you noticed a, a shift or a change in how publishers are writing content? Or should there be a shift and a change in how publishers are writing content in order for it to be more audio friendly? So, um, so it's a great question. And I think that definitely uh, it's preferable to write your content to be audified. And I think, uh, again, we're talking about the revolution and we are in the starting of the revolution. It will become more and more of the norm when people are writing content to think about how can we audify it? How can we turn uh, uh, and audify it mechanically? And it's important to mention that. And I think so. We are not interfering in the content creation, uh, but we definitely uh, give recommendation 
on, on, on regards to um, where uh, the most beneficial uh, our solution will be uh, in regard to which kind of content, the length of the content, if there are any kind of specific, um, um, uh, let's say, specific writers that are more relevant. Those, those are the places that we definitely help, but we don't interfere in the, in the editorial part. Ron, do you see or do you foresee some specific experiences that are where the audio is crafted for listening? So, for example, if you think about, say, the New York Times or Bloomberg, right, sometimes they have these very interactive uh, web experiences. I wonder if you're already seeing or you expect to see soon a situation where they're also creating audio with with music, with background noises, with with uh, sort of podcastifying this content, is that something that's going on right now? So there are actually a few, uh, you know, um, AI, AI, AI. This is, this is going again and again and again every time we talk about audio. There are some amazing startups that do, you know, the the, the most amazing thing. One of them is actually doing an analysis to understand uh, the contextual of a specific article, specific story, or whatnot to understand if it's and then uh, match the relevant music to the text. So when you modify the content, again, you will have the relevant sound within it. And the sound can be, you know, like general music, I don't know, like classical music or rock music or something like that, but it could also be like, you know, a slam of a door and then, you know, having a, a door being slammed. And, things like that. And, and I think it's amazing. It's still not there yet, but it's, it's definitely amazing. Uh, you can see also, uh, you know, a, a definitely a hot, area is all the thing related to summarization, you know, because in, in many cases you want to consume a lot, especially audio content, you want to get a lot of uh, major events, I don't know, five minutes, consume all the relevant news and then continue in your way. So summarization and then turning the summarization into an audio file is definitely a, an interesting place. And there are a lot of companies doing amazing things in summarization. Again, it's really close to being sold, but it's not sold yet. It's super difficult. Uh, so definitely, uh, there are a lot of startups that are doing a lot of cool things with a AI and ML and DL and many other <laughs> towards acronyms. Uh, uh, and, and I think all of them have voice and audio in mind to understand what would be the best uh, uh, experience. Hmm. Um, Carol representing the voice lunch team was the one who was giving us the ovation there. So shout out to Carol. And there is going to be a voice lunch UK coming fairly soon. I think I can say that. I don't know if this is under wraps yet, but uh, shout out to John Campbell from Rabbit and Park for pulling some strings. And I'm going to be involved in it. And there's a couple of other people who are going to be involved in it. So there's going to be a voice lunch in the UK happening fairly soon. So look out for that. But I want to just jump back to, uh, to what you said just there, which is, so am I understanding this right? That, there are companies out there that are producing audio based on the text in an article, but then recognizing some of the language used in the article to trigger audio samples based on the language. So, for example, if someone says, um, and there was riots in the street in the article, they potentially will pull out riot sounds and play that in the background. Is that what you were explaining, or have I took that it's the wrong like way? More like, I don't know. It's, it would be like, you know, if it's like uh, more like, I don't know, um, the, the background sound would be like something which is more like, you know, news-like or something which is more like, I don't know, like a, an action movie mm. uh, soundtrack in the background because you can, you know, with, uh, with not many notes, 
you can create an environment, okay? Yeah. And taking, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the voice or, or the audio file and adding, uh, really, you know, it's, it's more like a fluff. It's not like really like music in the, uh, uh, in the background of a movie. But, you know, with, with some notes, you can really give more uh, of a feeling to a specific audio file. And they understand based on the textual, uh, of the textual side of the article, you know, which kind of music would be relevant. I don't know, maybe, maybe music is not the right, right word to use, but, you know, like uh, the right note or uh, the right, uh, um, yeah, let, let, let's call it like, you know, again, the, exa- the best example is like, you know, when I say like, when it's a joke, so I don't know, put like, I don't know, the drums at the end, mm. or something. Mm. so those, those kind of things, and they're trying to do that, you know, it's not there, but I think the idea itself, it's, it's amazing. There are, uh, you, you see it also like with translation of animation. How do you translate it uh, using AI with mechanical voices and give it the right feel that you have you know, when you say something which is scary or something which is funny or something that is, you know, like, I don't know, talk about mm. any kind of other emotion. And, and you know, those, those startups will, at the end of the day, whether them or somebody else, will find a way to make it. And, it's, you know, it's, it's the next layer of what what actually we are doing right now. Interesting. Wendy Cooper has commented: sound design to enhance the experience. That's kind of what it is. That's kind of what we, what it is, isn't it? It's it's using sound design to create more of an audible experience. But if you could use the AI to create that soundscape based on the content, and also add like what in the movies would be called foley, which is basically like sound effects in the background based on what's actually being said. That would be unbelievable. You know, if someone says there's a door shut and then there's a sound of a door closing and then there was a football, I went to a football game and this is what, and then the sound of a crowd cheering in the background, all done on the fly using the sound library behind the scenes. Wow, that would just, there'll be, that's kind of what we're trying to evangelize for on the kind of like voice user interface design side of things is to use audio to your advantage. But Dustin, that would pretty much make that redundant if it was all just done on the fly with AI. Possibly, possibly. I wonder though the ethics of it. The journalism is a is is a bit of an old school and in some ways ethical driven uh, industry. So I wonder if pulling in sounds that are related but aren't actually the you know, Ron, you were talking about um, uh, someone attended a riot, right? And you heard riot sounds. That's not the riot sounds. I wonder if there's any ethical considerations there. But that is interesting. Um, whether it is through AI. Oh, which is which is the dream of everything, isn't it? Or if it's just the tooling that someone like Trinity is going to give for these better experiences. Because Kane, I know in the in the notes when we are preparing, one of the things that you brought up is the fact that there has been some research to show that people don't like listening to synthetic voices for a long time, or they get a little tired, or it's just it's not the same as listening to the human. Uh, and so, Ron, is there anything that Trinity does? Is there anything that people can do when bringing content to audio to make that a little bit easier to to swallow, a little bit enjoyable over a longer period of time? So, I'll, uh, we did a few researches in, in, internally to understand what is the uh, what, what users, what clients, what customers think about mechanical voices. And one, one of the things that we did is we created a, a eight or 10 different voices. And we spread it throughout, I don't know, 
a group of 30, 40 people. But we didn't tell them it's mechanical voices. And we asked them to, uh, to say whether it's a mechanical voice or a humane voice. And in many cases, the mechanical voice uh, was actually uh, marked as humane. People tell them, oh, it's, it's a human voice, it's not mechanical. So what we found out that in many cases, when you know it's a mechanical voice, you are biased. Okay, you are trying to find out where the machine got it wrong. Where, where is it not okay? Now, I, I would say that, again, mechanical voice is not good as narrator. Probably in many cases, it will, I don't know, I, I, I want to say never will be, but, you know, maybe with all the things that I'm seeing around me, maybe I'm mistaken as well. But, um. There, there are two things that happening at the same time that definitely, you know, the, the gap between narrators and, and, and AI voices would be almost obsolete. But one of them is when I think about where text-to-speech solutions were two years ago and where, where they are right now, and, and I think, so what will happen in a year from now or two years from now? And, and I, I, I'm basically, uh, can't even imagine what it will be. So, but it definitely will be much, much better. And another thing which is super important we are listening to more and more mechanical voices. We are talking with personal assistants like Google, Alexa. We are talking with machine in general all the time. And we, our ears becoming more and more tolerant to mechanical voices. Our kids uh, won't be as sensitive as us to mechanical voices. And uh, uh, basically those two directions, those two that are coming in together. So, so my guess is in, in, in the near future, the gap will be almost obsolete so so this is this is this my my opinion about it and uh, you know we, we can meet again in a few in a couple of years and and talk about it and and, and i guess it's not like 10 years from now 20 years from now. i'm talking like a few years from now mm-hmm. uh, this is this is where we are and again th- those are my thoughts so a lot of the a lot of the kind of technology over the last sort of you know, all of the t- all of the time that it took from like the '30s and the '50s when Audrey and the shoebox and all that kind of stuff was around producing synthetic speech and stuff, that sounded terrible. And it took quite a long time for it to get to where it is. You know, which you know during the kind of '90s when you had the IVR kind of systems and stuff like that, and some of that sounded a little bit ropey. But then obviously now that there's voice assistance, things have started to sound better. And Amazon has put a lot of effort, and Google has as well, like the newsreader voice and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I'm just, uh, I don't know. I had a corona test yesterday, by the way. It's negative. So it's not that. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm interested. It sounds as though you still think that, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds as though you feel as though there's, there are still relatively big leaps to be made in synthetic voices as opposed to smaller kind of incremental improvements do you feel as though that's the case is that we'll see some big leaps forward or do you think it will just be lots of constant incremental improvements over time i think it's definitely in the in the one percent improvement all the time improving one percent and then another one percent and then and more and more and more and from time to time there will be a leap uh, but when you think about it you know there is there is one thing about you know having a mechanical voice which sounds more humane uh, but then let's take it one step further. Let's talk about you have an article interview and AI will automatically identify that there are two guys or a, a, a women and a, a guy and a girl are, are, are speaking and automatically will identify the different uh, gender and he will read out the article in different voices. So there are a lot of things that we can improve, not only in, in the way the voice itself sounds, but in the general interaction, like like we talked about the, the background music or some things like that. So all of those will contrib- contribute to, at the end of the, the line, you know, for, for a general 
experience, which is much much better for uh, for the uh, for, for the listener. And and when you add, you know, we're talking a lot about the way it will sound, uh, but if you add in some sort of a way a voice interaction at the end of it, so you even improve it even more. And um, you know, we, we talk a lot about it within our company, like. And we talk a lot about the consumption of content for students. And because I think, I think when I was a student and if I had an option to listen to an article, which is, I don't know, 40 pages long on my way to the university and back, I would definitely prefer that than, than you know, reading it out. And if I can ha- add a learning phase to it, like, you know, asking questions on the text mm. and, and uh, uh, communicating it with voice and then giving myself a grade, you know, and everything will be like, you know, back and forth with the computer that at the end of a chapter, he will ask me a few questions. If I got it right, he will say, perfect, let's move on. If not, then he will ask me some other question. Make sure that I understand the general notion of thing and then only continue to the next one. So I think it's, it's, we talk a lot about the mechanical voice and it's definitely a super important part of it, but it's, it's the general experience that we can also, that we need to put in mind. And there are so many, things that we can add to the experience that, you know, we, you know, if we can talk about it for 30 minutes, we will find five different startups that we can think of uh, mm. in only this, this area. Mm. Interesting. So that's, that's a nice, it's a nice, I think what we've done so far is we've, we've had like kind of a nice overview of where some of this stuff might be heading to and what the kind of potential of the AI is, both into both to create kind of like, uh, you know, sound design ad hoc, you know, in real time to kind of help with kind of interactive learning. And, and it sounds as though, you know, the, it sounds as though what you're hinting at is, is a future where Trinity Audio might go from publishing into more of those other use cases where you're taking text, making it more digestible, making it easier to consume, and then adding some interactivity on top of it, which, which is 100% seems to be the direction that there will be opportunities in for those getting started now for those brands today who are you know either considering an audio strategy because lots of them already have some kind of text based strategy they're already publishing stuff on the website they've probably got some kind of video based strategy because they're probably posting a lot of video on social possibly on the website as well and for, for many audio seems to be like you mentioned the trinity in the beginning of the user the publisher and the advertiser i think there's another trinity when it comes to content production which is video written and audio and i think the first two have been kind of I think a lot of brands are quite far ahead with the first two, not quite as far ahead with the last one with audio. So what are some of the challenges that you see or companies facing and how and if uh, kind of Trinity Audio are helping them overcome that? But first of all, what are some of the challenges that you find that your clients are facing when it comes to their audio strategy? So I think, um, I think like in any kind of revolution, you need to, as we call it, the officers of change. And, uh, and, and then when the movement starts, then more and more people are joining. We, we see it from our end when we talked to publisher two years ago and what's going on right now. And when we're talking to brands two years ago, what we're talking to them right now. And, and we see that, they, you know, there's a, a change in thought. It's not like it's, it's not everywhere. It's still not, <laughs> it's, uh, not, not everybody's thinking about it. It's still, it's still the beginning, but it's definitely much, much better than a year or two years ago. So this is, I, I must say, this is the first thing. I think that basically the challenge is that it is new and something that is new is a change and change is something that people doesn't like, but everybody will do 
I think I think it's the same. We saw it. We talk, I talked a little bit about the smartphone revolution 10, 15 years ago. Uh, applications, mobile application came to life. At the beginning, nobody understood what they're going to do with that. Then some of the people started. Then everybody did it, even if they did it, they needed it or not. And you know, and only I, I don't know, like five or six years or some of the people understand. We needed some of them not. So I think I think this we are in the beginning of the first. We are as as my CEO say, we are still warming up on the lines. The match didn't start yet. Um, so I, I I think that you know in regard to audio strategy, and I will say something that is obvious from where I'm coming from. I think that. A TTS solution, whether it's ours or anyone else, everybody should audify their content. You should have an audio version of your text available on every website. And I have no doubt that two, three, four, five years from now, everybody will have it. Brands, publisher, content creator, there's no reason why not. Okay? You just open more hours throughout the day for your user to consume your content or to have some sort of engagement. So for me, it's obvious. This is what will happen. So this is my first recommendation, use. And, and there are great solution in the market. If they want to use us, I'll be more than glad. And if they want to develop one for themselves, they can also do that. But this is, this is you know, I'm still in the stage that everybody that will use some sort of a solution is a hand in the revolution. And so, so I'm, <laughs> I'm all up with that. Uh, so this is the first thing. In regarding to, um, um, you know, the, the next stage, and I think if we are, if I'm more referring to brands, and when I'm talking about brands, I'm not talking like, I don't know, a, a PNG or, or, you know, Chase Bank or something like that. Also, a media company is a brand. And I think the next stage in regarding to audio and voice strategy is creating your own voice. And again, if we're talking about mine, so don't use a generic text-to-speech solution, create your own. Take a talent, take a presenter, take an influencer, put him in a, a, in a studio, record him. It's expensive, but the leading brand should do it. They should have done it a year ago. And uh, we discussed it. I think, you know, the, the best example is that George Clooney, Nespresso, get it done. Okay, just put George Clooney in, in, in a studio for, I don't know, two weeks. And from then on, any kind of interaction that a, an Espresso user will have, with George Clooney voice, and I will open my Alexa uh, skill of Nespresso, and he will say in the voice of George Clooney, which I uh, I won't imitate even, <laughs> uh, but he'll say, how are you on, what do you want to drink? And I will order my, I don't know, Roman Espresso, and it will go back to me, and uh, there will be a call, an AI call from George Clooney saying that, I hope the delivery was right, and if you want to order anything else, I'm here for you. And I'll be super happy because I talked to George Clooney. So this is definitely uh, the movement and it will be in the next year or so. And I think that the price for creating a, a, a custom synthetic voice will definitely low, will be lower because it's still expensive right now. Okay, it's mm. super expensive right now. But it will become more and more uh, uh, reasonable. Okay? And I think everybody will have it. And I think it's a great thing because it's a great thing to, uh, to have your own unique a signature. I think it's super important for media companies and publishers that are definitely struggling and have a way for them to create a more a, a better bonding with their readers or listeners. I should say I always say readers, <laughs> uh, but but this is this is definitely what I think in regarding to voice and audio uh, uh, strategy. Beside that, if you are a brand and you don't have a podcast, you are five years back. <laughs> 
if you have a message that your users or your clients or your customer want to uh, uh, want to consume do a podcast and do it quickly like you have a blog you should do it and by the way on your blog use a text to solution nice so so it sounds then that um so some of the challenges that people are facing is because it's because it's fairly new and also there is so much um there, there could be it could be quite overwhelming for someone who's not in the sort of field like for someone who is not anywhere close to it like how on earth do i even start voice enabling my website you know it's like for us it sounds like a natural question that you would be able to find the answer to fairly simply but um, especially with companies like trinity audio but for some people it's quite hard so i can understand how that would be a challenge um, and definitely the the customized voices i think is 100 percent the way that it's kind of going on that have you heard the bbc voice yes BBC. Have, you, have you heard that if you heard that Justin, i'm sure i'm assuming you have yeah, it's. Uh, I want to see if I can. I want to see if I can play. It. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work. I want to try it. Give me. Give me a sec. Let me see if this actually works. Um, because I'm not sure whether I've got the right mic hooked up. But for those that haven't heard it, it is so. And it cost them a lot of money, as you mentioned, Ron. It's yeah. not cheap. Um, and it did cost them a lot of money, but it sounds really good. So let me just see if you can hear this. Doesn't look like it. You hearing nothing? No, no, coming through. What about now? But it's a great one. It's definitely a great one. Can you hear it now? Hold on. That? No, no. No, <laughs> shame. Shame. Well, for me it was good. <laughs> that sounded really good. Yeah. But no, I can totally I can totally get that. Um Wendy, Wendy has asked. Um, so I think she agrees with the the sound design and the the synthetic voices. She said a hundred percent. Before that, she asked a question, which is that audio for brands is not new. In fact, it's very old. Uh, I think it was called radio. So really, what, 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 really, it's what's new is old, and it's just the distribution is different. Is it that the distribution is different, or is it also that the? Because for me, it feels as though the creation is different as well. Is it not? Look, I think, uh, I think yes, definitely. First of all, you know, uh, we are uh, everything is being moved to the cloud, and doing uh, we're doing it by AI and machine, and uh, and this is a major change. And there is a, a there is an interaction. You know, it's not like radio is one way a, a one way medium. We are listening, and this is it. We don't have any way to engage. And now. Uh, and now, and definitely in the coming future, we will start engaging. We'll use our voice to to answer back. So this is definitely a, a major a major thing about it. Um, I do understand that it's kind of a renaissance renaissance of the the radio and uh, nowadays a renaissance of the audio, and uh, no, no doubt about it. Which which is a great thing, by the way. I'm an uh, audiophile and I love the radio, and uh, so for me it's great. Uh, but but I think I think it's 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 a larger. Uh, it's a larger scale than just you know uh, changing a, a, a little bit the way we are uh, interacting with radio for the past I don't know eighty or one hundred years. Mm. Yeah, I think I think well, back to what you said earlier, Ron, in terms of uh, you know this can be interactive, right? I, I would definitely agree with you, Wendy. If it was if we were talking about podcasts, right? Podcasts are are bite-sized radio, right? That's essentially what it is. But it, when we get to you know, this automatically created audio from text and perhaps interactive as well. 
Sure, it's 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 a bit of a renaissance, like you were saying, Ron. But additionally, it's sort of like saying, well, Tinder is just dating that's existed forever on, on a different <laughs> medium, right? Uh, the medium is really what's changing this here, and and technology is opening up a lot of a lot of doors. It sounds like. I agree. That was a really good example. That's a good uh, a good analogy. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So so the other thing you mentioned advertisers. So. You've got publishers that that can create um, create content that can then be kind of audio enabled. You've got users who can listen to their um, to to the content. You've got advertisers in the middle. So on the user side, I know there's there's an accessibility accessibility benefit which maybe we'll kind of come on to um, because it's it's actually legislation in the UK now is that your website needs to be accessible and I think there's there's a huge opportunity for that. Um, but on the advertiser side, we'll come back to that in a moment. On the advertiser side, how does advertising work with Trinity Audio? Because I know you've got some support for for advertisers in there as well. So how do, how does all that kind of stuff work? So uh, basically, you know, within within the audio stream that we uh, when it, basically when a, when a listener is clicking on our uh, uh, player and listening to an article within uh, at the beginning or in the middle of, of listening, we will place an ad. Uh, so think again like a radio experience. You will uh, listen uh, to the uh, the article, and then this content will continue after this ad. You will have a fifteen second or thirty second ad, and then you continue back to the content that you cons- uh, you you've been consuming. But um, on top of that, and I think this is the most, uh, this is our, you know, uh, uh, I would say our message to the advertisers, things like that. Uh, we are bringing all the the relevant data, the relevant metrics that they are used to get from video campaign and display campaign, the same in the way we stream audio. Because our solution, and I'll get a little bit technical, it's JavaScript embedded on the page, so... Uh, we can transfer all the relevant parameters uh, to the uh, uh, to the advertiser, so we know any, any kind of contextual, any user data, at least for now, any user data that is relevant, uh, any uh, any contextual data, any you know the basic uh, data that an advertiser is used of getting in the digital landscape, which in many cases in other places, like in, uh, for example in podcasting, you know uh, the advertiser doesn't get a lot of uh, knowledge. It, was there a completion of my ad? How many users listened to it? How many times? When was it throughout the day? Things like that. Those are the kind of statistics that in most cases advertisers don't have when they publish on podcasts. It still, uh, you know, it still works with the same way like radio advertising. This is the general audience. This is the amount of uh, people that will, and we'll say, okay, so I'll, I'll publish in this specific, uh, in this specific podcast because it's relevant or not. And I don't really, know how to measure in real time you know that there's a good chance that you will have an ad and you know the, the podcaster will uh, shout out something and give the url and there will be tons of demand and everybody will come to super successful campaign but you know i'm coming from video advertising and i know that advertiser want to have the dashboard and uh, that they can play with and look at the metrics and parameter in different ways and what was the ctr and what was the completion and you know and all of that and throughout the day and with relevant content or not, and all of those uh, uh, slice and dice reports that they like to have. Mm. Interesting. So 
yeah so so there's so the solution for publishers solution for advertisers the user gets the audio from the website and i mentioned i touched on that earlier on around accessibility and i don't know what it's like is there an is there an accessibility directive dustin in um in paris is it an eu it was an eu-wide directive wasn't it i don't know i don't know i don't follow it too closely but i do know in the u.s there is the american with disabilities act which does uh, necessitate a lot of accessibility and a lot of uh, sort of uh, affordance to people who have those disabilities. It seems to be fallen on the wayside quite a bit on the web more than it is in the physical world, but mm. there should be those those uh, allowances in, even in the digital world. Mm. So in the UK, and I don't know if this is just the UK government that did it, but uh, I've done a lot of work in, in government on you know web design, content design, service design, all that kind of stuff. And there was a directive that came out a couple of years back, which said that everybody, who ha- every government organisation has to have their website, I think it's AA certified by either September this year or September last year. I can't remember uh, I can't remember which year. But what happened was there was a whole load of suppliers that, that recognised that and started building tools that would do things like, yes, it would read your, your text, but it was really clunky, like, you know, horrible speech, uh, text-to-speech. Uh, but the other tools in there as well, like, you know, magnifying and contrast and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm wondering then, Ron, there seems to be an accessibility benefit to this. If it's not an organization that wants to, you know, sort their audio strategy out and start producing and distributing more audio content, there is also an angle there for publishers who want to make their websites more accessible. Are you seeing that demand or are you seeing it mostly coming from people that want to pursue an audio strategy? So um, that, that's a great question. And I actually can talk... Uh, about accessibility for, for a full hour, but I, I will say that, and first of all, I will say that our solution doesn't give any kind of content creator or website something the stamp to being accessible. To be accessible, whether it's the US or the EU or even in Israel, you have a, a, a lot of things and a lot of software uh, that need to be developed and a lot of adjustment that you need to do, and it's a project. And if somebody wants to be accessible, fully accessible, he need to take it seriously, and he should take it seriously. This is this is the first thing I would say. But uh, what I can say that definitely our solution helps uh, in becoming more accessible or have your content more accessible to people. Uh, once we will add the voice layering, of course, it will even help blind. You know, now visually impaired, if they see our player, they can press play and they can listen uh, to it, and which which definitely helps them. Uh, when we'll add the voice layer, as I said, it can also help blind population. But again, this is don't give you the stamp to being accessible. And by the way, in the U.S. right now, it's starting to become a, a, a law form sports to sue website for lack of accessibility. And I'm not sure that they are doing it from the right cause. Okay, so but it's still you need to defend yourself and definitely you know any kind of step because it's still it's a regulation. I don't know sure how it's in the EU, EU or the UK. It's a regulation in the US. So there are many things that you can do with not being full accessible that is, would be helpful in some sort of a way. Maybe not make you fully bulletproof from, from lawsuits, but definitely help you in, in making a reasonable ef- effort in that direction. And there are many solutions throughout the market. And uh, we can all also help in, in, in a niche. Okay, it's important. Again, I'm saying we are not making any website or any content creator and a stamp for accessibility. But 
I want to say another thing, which this is super important, okay? Because when we talk about disability, when we talk about accessibility, we usually talk about blind visually impaired. There's a larger group uh, between us worldwide, globally, and there's uh, people with lower reading skills and illiterate people, uh, which are consuming content. They, they use smartphone. They, they go to YouTube to consume the news, and having a tool that read out the content definitely in helps in engaging with those uh, with those population and helping them become a, 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 a you know more contribute contribute part to their community because they are more involved they understand what's going on they consume content and then they understand uh, um, and, you know and it can be relevant for government and it can be relevant for any kind of content whether it's news or finance or, or, or whatnot and I, I'll give you some some numbers that will, will amaze you know for, for example in india we are, we are heavily invested in india we are actually in the in the coming month we'll be uh, releasing a large publication within india because we are ready in this moment but we are talking about almost 30 percent of the population we're talking about 380 million people this is larger than the u.s population itself which are illiterate wow we are talking about i, I want to tell you something about the u.s and this is something that read in the washington post and i was amazed 50 percent of the population has less than an eighth grade Le- uh, reading skill level less than eighth grade reading skill level this is 50 percent of the u.s population wow. is the, the leader of the free world so we are talking about the large uh, and and i i can talk about the, what it does to society and what it does to economy and what it does to to, to to health resources and many 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 other things but when you give when the content is being audified you are adding and it's super important layer uh, uh to help people engage with your content and there are many many people that need it okay it's not like me driving my car it would be nice if i can listen to the list that's not even definitely amazing and and why not this is for me this is what why i started it but i i i, I will i will finish this the part of accessibility about it uh, i went to south africa to to open to start open the market i'm a great believer in africa as well and and one of the uh, meetings that we had there where it was with uh, uh, the minister of communication it wasn't the minister itself but somebody from his office and uh, when we talk about the solution uh, he told me look you have something much much bigger you need to understand we have a lot of people that either illiterate or low reading skills and you're helping us basically distribute our content to a population that can't consume it and they want to they understand the language but they can't read it or it, it just take them forever so they want mm. and there are a lot of messages that we need to deliver them so so i think this is also um, we have a saying in the company we say we like to do good business but we prefer to do business to do good and we truly hope and we definitely we're still a small startup but we, we we truly hope that you know we we will get there and bring the message that you know uh, we first of all audify the con uh, the, the internet and all the content will be available and then my my next dream and uh, we talk about a little bit about, about the AI and things like that. So we will mark uh, uh, mark the text while we are reading out the text to a user. And we read some researchers uh, that talked about how it can help improving uh, uh, reading skills for people. When you listen to an, uh, an, an audio file and read the text in front of it, and the audio is synchronized with, uh, uh, with the text, it can actually help you uh, read. So if in, I don't know, hopefully, we are now in the, in the middle of a round, so hopefully it will be a successful round. <laughs> and, and we will get to it and we'll have great investors. So this is definitely something that I want to do. 
and uh, definitely correspond with especially what's going on in the high tech scene in general. You know, more and more do good to to a small globe in, in mm. wherever you, you can. Was... Ron, which uh, which languages and regions are you supporting right now? Yeah, so you know, of course, English, <laughs> uh, Spanish, definitely Portuguese. We we are starting a big uh, cooperation now in Latam. Uh, after the US, the India is our biggest market, so we we have English and uh, Hindi English, uh, English in a Hindi accent. We also support uh, the Hindi language, uh, France, German. Uh, Spanish, if I didn't mention it uh, already, Dutch, uh, Italian, you know, all, all of those languages and, and many more. Uh, we just started uh, our first website in Russia, just uh, launched uh, a month ago, uh, which is actually a large Israeli media group that have a large website within uh, in Russia. Mm-hmm. So we are quite spread. Uh, our Mandarin is not that good right now, but it's improving. <laughs> Are there any languages that are harder or easier? Say, um, we we know that the closer it is to English, it's it's generally a bit easier. But is let's say glutinative languages or symbol based or tonal languages? Do any of those bring unique challenges that uh, make it harder or maybe even make it a little bit easier? So um, Hebrew is one of the worst. Uh, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, is that because it has no no vowels, right? Yeah, because everything you know, there, there are special uh, special marks that uh, uh, near near letters to understand how to pronounce it correctly, mm-hmm. and because of that, many of the text is is without those marks. You know, because usually when you are read, reading enough, you know, when you're junior school, you know, you need those marks to understand what what you need to read. But then later on, you don't need those marks anymore. So most of the text is without it, and then you know we are, we are doing some testing with it <laughs> in different engine. It sounds. Uh, it sounds like text to speech twenty years ago. It sounds, you know, which, which is which is great if, if you want to have a laugh. That's good. Um, Richard has mentioned that uh, in the US, accessibility is becoming even more important in all digital channels. In fact, the mantra is accessibility drives better usability, which is true. If you design, uh, you know, if you design for things to be accessible and generally it does have a, a decent impact and he's commented as well um for better or for worse the u.s lawsuits against the big players drive some of the kind of need to do it really which again you know it's true that's the whole thing that kicked off the data legislation stuff the gdpr stuff was that they were targeting big companies and it's like well everyone gets afraid because if you're targeting the big companies then we're kind of next um and he agrees that accessibility is going beyond sight and hearing uh, he designs for the senior community so designing for cognitive disabilities is becoming very important so yeah there's obviously another another kind of market there or group of people who find this kind of stuff useful is you know not just the people who, who are illiterate or the people who are um, um, you know, English or whatever language as a second language and things like that, but obviously the elderly as well. So I think that, you know, we, we, I know we're on time now, but I think that to what I would envisage, and, and, you know, you mentioned that you're going through the kind of process of raising funds and, you know, good luck with that. And I hope that kind of goes well. And, and I think that hearing you speak at the end there, about that, about your trip to South Africa, about hearing about how what you've got is something that's actually bigger than Audify in the web. It's actually empowering people that need 
to consume information, in some cases vital information. You think about the coronavirus and the amount of information that people needed to consume and get at the right time from the right trusted authority that have been probably unable to get it. And, you know, it becomes a lot more than voice enabling the internet. It becomes more about opening up information and education and learning and opportunity to people who need it most. I think that is more powerful than anything else. So true, so true. It's a hundred percent correct. I I don't have anything to add to that. Cool. That's not often. It's not often I leave people uh, speeches. People usually have more, <laughs> people usually have more questions for me. Uh, Leslie Leslie has said uh, writing changed because of the internet. I wonder if speaking will eventually change due to voice interfaces. That's interesting. Um, we had that, didn't we, Dustin, with Mark Web Webster. Do you remember when he was saying that we might kind of eventually learn to just talk to our assistants in shorthand, like Alexa Music or something like that? I don't recall that, but it seems seems uh, plausible. It's interesting uh, what Leslie was mentioning there because I've been listening to an audio course series from John McCorder. If you if you haven't heard him, he's he's amazing. He does. Um, He's a language professor, linguistics professor at Columbia. He does a lot of popular language uh, courses for the Great Courses series on Audible, if, if you know that. And he talks about the latest one I listen, where language has changed because of writing. Actually, uh, language has changed, or language doesn't change because of writing. Where in the past, a language changed really quickly because Kane, Ron, like we speak, and and maybe we say gonna for example instead of going to and that's what it becomes but with writing things calcify a little bit um, and so it, what leslie mentions here maybe that changes things just a little bit where the the spoken layer comes back into it a little bit more mm, interesting Cool. Well, Ron, this has been an absolute pleasure. I think we've we've gone down avenues that I wasn't expecting to go down, and I think it's been really, really useful, really helpful, eye-opening, and in, in, in part inspiring. So thank you very much for joining us. And uh, where can people either try Trinity Audio, follow you online, you know, follow your journey, and or try the tool? Where can people go? So they, they can definitely come to our website, which is trinityaudio.ai, and then, you know, uh, check out our, uh, there is also a demo page over there and a lot of information, and they can go to my uh, LinkedIn or Twitter, it's Ron Jaworski, J-A-W-R-S-K-I, and, uh, you know, uh, reach out, by the way, if they have any kind of idea or thoughts or something they want to share, and, you know, it's such an exciting time to, uh, to be in it. There is actually... <laughs> It's actually a funny story. I was driving my car, part of the audio revolution. So I was driving my car with my, my two my two kids. It was an hour drive and we went to, to the grandmother, my mother. And they, they said, my, my child said, said to me that, you know, that, okay, everybody will choose something to hear in their turn. And so my little girl chose a singer that she likes. And then the second one chose something that she likes. And then came my turn and just did like a two-hour podcast that <laughs> I wanted to listen to. And I said, but, but I just chose only one. So, so I, think, I think this is uh, the So uh, definitely if somebody wants to reach out and there's like something that he wants to share on, on audio, and if it's definitely a humor, uh, so uh, 
Well, then, then you have to hear about that. But uh, yeah. so, so this is not me. And I will just just end it because I'm trying to find the best time to put it on. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be unicorn. This is my aim. Uh, so and this is the closest thing that I have for now. Hopefully, it will change in time. Nice, nice. I like <laughs> it. I like it. We need to get some VUX World unicorn horns, Dustin. Yeah. some branded nice one that is class well Ron it's been an absolute pleasure Dustin quick one uh, Richard has asked whether you can share the Columbia Professor info on the chat on LinkedIn afterwards if, yeah, you, yeah. if you don't mind please, um, please do <laughs> yeah, yeah sounds, I think I might check it out myself actually that sounds interesting that. Um, and yeah everyone else thank you for interest. thank you for joining I mean it's been a really good uh, engaging discussion we've had lots of comments lots of questions um, so thank you very much for joining uh, we're going to have next week we'll be speaking to uh, Paul Kutzinger from Amazon and we're going to be running through all of the new iterations and changes and developments in the Alexa skills kit that have been announced a few weeks back at Alexa Live so do tune in for that it's going to be immense and uh, don't forget to check out the This Week in Voice VIP newsletter the Voice Strategy Readiness Assessment uh, Trinity Audio and tune in for next week's podcast with Paul Cutsinger from Amazon thank you very much and see you next time